I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, music web designer, Ross Barber. And singer-songwriter, Marciano Valley. This week, we're joined by LA-based singer, record producer, songwriter, and engineer, Josh Stevens. As a producer and songwriter, Josh has worked with some of the biggest names in the business, including LMFAO, Jennifer Lopez, and Snoop Dogg. His works are Grammy award-winning, RIAA Platinum certified, and Billboard award-nominated. Now Josh has taken center stage with the release of his own EP, Story of Summer, due for release in the fall of 2015. The EP features performances from Capital City's Spencer Ludwig and the Foo Fighters' Drew Hester. We're looking forward to hearing about Josh's writing process, his new EP, and the advice he'd offer to fellow aspiring music industry pros. How's it going, Josh? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thanks for coming on. You got uh, the concept of what you guys do is awesome. I love the uh, multi locations. So yeah, it's a cool. crazy. Cool. We're, uh, I'll actually, um, I've, I, we've actually never met in person before. So we'll be meeting in person for the first time in March of next year. And we will officially have bridged the Atlantic. That, that, I guess that'll be the end of the show, right? No, uh, that's like the, that's like the grand finale. The grand you finale. Know? We yeah. all, shake all, hands. All the music, <laughs> the epic ending. <laughs> but we you, just shake hands. That's all we do. That we shake hands and we walk our separate ways. <laughs> you, you shake hands and then slowly walk with your backs away from I the like camera. That. I like and then, that. And that's when and that's when we have some like really sad music playing. I'm trying to think of a. It'll be something epic. It'll probably be Michael Bolton, and that will make sense <laughs> oh, to you a later nice on flute. in the interview. <laughs> and a nice flute solo at the end. You I know, love it. Great. I love it. So, Josh, tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Oh, wow. Three. um, I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, I grew up here my whole life. I've been in music pretty much my entire life. Um, Before I did music, my family owned a golf shop. So I used to sell golf equipment to really, really rich people, uh, (laughs) which is quite interesting. Um, and, uh, since then I've been blessed to work with some amazing people and keep doing music, which, uh, in today's climate is fairly, uh, fairly unique, you know? And so that's probably, that's probably the best. And I try my hardest not to look like an idiot as much as possible. You know, (laughs) we all have, we all have our days. Uh, we mentioned before the interview that both, uh, both Josh and I had what, just a few hours of sleep last night. So, yes. But as you mentioned, if you want to be in the music industry, you've got to get used to little sleep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but it feels so, it, you feel like garbage, though, when you don't get enough sleep. I need my sleep. I need my sleep so badly to be my best self. But what can you do, right? So tell us a little bit more about how you got started in the, in the music business. Uh, you grew up in L.A., which a lot of people moved to L.A. to make music. You grew yeah. up in L.A. and still wanted to be in the industry, which is kind of... Not Which that is kind common. of weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not very common. People, no. people, you know, most people decide like, I hate LA. I've lived here my whole life, and they yeah. move to like Colorado or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, random middle of America. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I think for me, uh, you know, me and my brothers had a hip hop group together, and so we just, 
you know, we, that was what we were going to do. I was going to be, you know, the next Eminem in my head. You know, I didn't, didn't know I was going to be doing pop music professionally, but right. I mean, I bridged that gap somehow. There um, we go. <laughs> so we just grew up doing that. And, you know, um, my brothers, their main fathers and stuff were in entertainment. Like they were comedian managers. They like managed certain comedians and did certain stuff like that. And we always had friends that was were really in the music business. But it's weird because even though you're around it constantly, you may not be completely in it, you know, so you're just around it. And we just had this natural urge to want to do music. So I just grew up doing that and then eventually um, learned or wanted to learn how to do more production stuff because I was around the studios, around the stuff. And I was like, what are they doing? And I'm one of those people like if I'm in a room of people, I don't want to be the dumbest person. You know, or so I was always had that like, yo, what are you guys doing? What what makes you guys great? And so I just went to school for that, and then it kept me in the business. And um, with that, met people and just kind of kept going. I, I really like to just always be open minded. I think a lot of musicians and a lot of people get close minded in what they're doing. I mean, I would have never thought coming from a hip hop background that I'd be singing pop records with indie rock artists and stuff like that, and being truly immersed in it and loving it or you know my era of, i was doing edm with lmfao and all that kind of crazy stuff i never thought that i would be in the club you know making club records <laughs> right but that's that's because you're open-minded though yeah i just really like all kinds of music as, right. as a writer anything that's like truly passionate and people are like really about what they're doing music for i i just appreciate it like lmfao like people may think it was kind of um a gimmick or whatever people would assume it to be. But those dudes really partied. They really lived that life. So it was funny because as well, it blew go. up, it was kind of like, oh, shoot, kids like this. The world likes this, but we're really living this way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. When I, cool. I, um, I lived in the U.S. for three months in 2009. And I think it was just when I'm in Miami, bitch came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was our theme, like for that whole vacation. Because we used to go to this club. We we lived in Ocean City in in Maryland, and uh, there was this club called Party Block, and um, it destroyed clubs for me forever because no club will ever live up to how awesome that place was. Uh, I've I've basically not been to a club since. Um, but anyway, that song used to come on, and my friend and I we would just we would we found out what it was and we downloaded it on our phone and we had these trailer parties because we lived in a trailer park <laughs> this, this just seems like it's going downhill and downhill yeah, no, I know all good. Um, but yeah that was like our theme and uh, and I remember a few months later LMFAO were huge everywhere like we'd never heard of them before and then we came back and they were just huge everywhere <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah it, it, it definitely kind of came overnight to be honest because like uh, you know, when I joined Miami bitch had just came out and foo, you know, I met foo and he was, it was really weird how we met. He basically, I was doing a, a session for my friends, uh, for my friend Warren G who just came out with an album that we did with like Nate dog, which is where that, that goes back to my hip hop background. Mm-hmm. So I was doing music for him and, and his project that he was doing and management for LMFAO and Warren G were really good friends. So they came into the studio one day, saw what I was doing. And we're like, hey, you know, LMFAO, this group LMFAO likes what you were doing, wants to meet, da 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 da. And I didn't know who they were. I had no idea. So, and, you know, Miami had just came, that song Miami just came out. And, um, you know, I go, I, I, get the, I take the meeting, I go over with Fu. Fu is just in his Speedo, like, and we're having this interview. 
like in his studio, <laughs> classic. Like, and I'm like, I'm at first, I'm like, who is this guy? Big red fro, glasses, nothing but a speedo, talking about drums and percussion and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, yes, yes. But it's a little weird that you're just wearing a speedo. So, uh, but you know, but it ended up working out amazing because the next day he was like, yo, do you have a passport? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you want to go on the road tomorrow? We're going to Asia and Canada. And I was like, yeah. Why and not? then why not? And then that turned out to be one of the coolest, you know, experiences of my life. You know, then Party Rock Anthem came out and Six I Know It came out. And we, you know, to be a part of that run was something that, you know, I, I don't know if that level of success will ever be in my life again. Because, you know, when you're going through it, you don't, you know, you don't realize what you're a part of. Because you, because it went from being like four or five of us on the road to like a hundred. Yeah, wow. and it was like like overnight, and it was kind of like you know shocking. And I don't think you know I don't think I don't think there's anything that I can do that would ever be bigger than that. Like we were in Cannes, France one time, and me, Fu, and Sky are walking the streets, and this is when Party Rock Anthem was like number one, you know, and this bus of college kids rolls up right next to us. We literally had to run from them. They chased us down the streets of Cannes, like so much so we had to duck into like a, uh, a shopping mall and like hide in the dressing rooms and like call and figure out what we were going to do. It was like 50 college kids just chasing us down the streets. And, and I, you know, I don't think there's anything that can match that. You know, to like there's just something that 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 song and what they did and to be a part of that resonated with that era of people, you know, the stars just aligned correctly that who knows, you know, there was one time in Manila in the Philippines that it happened again. And I had like jewelry on like the party rock jewelry and all this stuff. And they just stole it from me. Like literally took it, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. And maybe, I guess if people just want to be a part of something, you know, that they see yeah. and they want it. And, you know, we're in the entertainment business. So, you can't really blame people for wanting to be a part of what you're establishing. I think there's a responsibility as a musician and as a writer that you understand that that comes with whatever you're putting out there. So be responsible with what you put out there, you True. know, and that, that's what I live by now, to be honest. I love that. And that yeah. brings us quite nicely onto your own EP, which mm -hmm. is due for release soon. That's story of summer. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to know if it was different writing for yourself uh, versus writing for others and do you feel that maybe you can show a different side of yourself as a songwriter since it's your own material yeah i think to be honest story of summer was a was based on like a real summer of my life you know we came out i came out of this really rough relationship that was you know led to some dark parts and you know the other side of you know the lights and stage and all that stuff can be fairly lonely you know as a musician you're kind of like you know, I do the stage thing, we go and we perform, but then there's like a side of it where you're like, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a natural uh, human thing where you, there's, there's so much um, stimulation in all that, that there is an equal and opposite side of the stimulation, which is very much like, oh, I feel kind of lonely and I'm not quite, I, I'll never live up to what people think I am, you know what I mean? And you either, you just have to accept that in my opinion. Um, and it's very difficult. So this, the, the EP is about that time period in my life. And it, I think when you write for yourself or for myself rather than other artists, I can take risks that I can't explain to an artist to take sometimes. Like 
this is how I wanted to say, and this is how I wanted to be, this is what I wanted to say, and this is how I wanted to be said, which is risky for when you're writing for people that need to be um, supported by a corporation and the label, and they have a fan base that already needs to, um, expects a certain sound and you know direction from them. But like, God, I really think this is a cool thing. So I think that's what writing for yourself allows, and I'm willing to take the fall for it. That if it doesn't become a massive success, I'm willing to be like, well, I tried. I, I like to always use myself as the guinea pig, to be honest. Like, let me, like, even my, because I have a, a company now that represents and we do branding and media for artists, kind of like a, what an AR department would do, but without the amount of mo- money that AR departments have. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I always like to tell them, like, I will go out and be, I'll take the risk on this. I'll be, I'll be the one that tests it out and be successful follow up behind it. And that's what I'm doing with the CP2. I'm being extremely honest with my life and what it's like to be a musician. And hopefully that resonates with the audience. And, you know, Hilltop with Spencer has, it seems to be doing really well. People really um, like it and vibe with it. And I hope they vibe with the rest of the EP. Yeah. I really liked it. And the video was really cool as well. The lyric video. Yeah. Thank you. You said, really interesting. You said honesty, which is something that resonates very, very strongly with me, especially when you're a solo artist and you're writing your own songs. I feel like, you know, why do anything else than tell your story and be honest? And if you don't have a story to tell, then why would you be doing it in the first place? You know, um, mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love I just that, that resonates with me for sure. Yeah, I think I, I kind of adopted early on, you know, me and my team of people that if we're going to do something for me and we're going to do something for uh, my collective group of friends and artists, I, I truly believe that like true artistry, artistry is to do something for a purpose, whatever it is, painting, graphic arts, you know, poetry, music, singing, just entertainment in general, do it for a purpose. And if you have a purpose, you'll have that conviction. And I think that resonates and, and that transcends anything that has to do with what on the surface of the music you're really doing that hits people subconsciously, you know, and that's what I try and do through music. Just do it with a purpose. So what's your purpose? My purpose is to bring honesty and integrity back to music, a sense of risk, to be honest. Like I bow I'll, down. You know, people may not like it, but... No, I bow respect. down. This is what we need, man. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's something that we used to have a while ago, but we don't have so much of that anymore. And I think it's important that it comes back. Yeah. So, yeah. It used, I, to be, it used to be like a standard that you were honest in music. It used to be yeah. what, what you did, other than like, you know, but it, yeah, definitely as we, we veered away from that a lot, you know, and people, I think, and, and I think that... You know, you writing for the people, it, like you said, it it, it it is a little bit of a different process because you're writing for someone else. It's not for you. It's for yeah. someone else. So I understand that side of things, but you got to be honest. You got to be yeah. honest because at the end of the day, your name's on it. Exactly. And you know? I, think, I think a lot of the stuff, even if it was super commercial and super, you know, accepted by the media, uh, I've always tried to bring that to even other artists. And you know, what's funny is like even a lot of commercial artists that I've worked with, they are real. Like... There, but there's a sense of like, for me, I wanted to bring a sense of, you know, I'll, I'll say some stuff that most people won't maybe say. And that's, that's really it. And touch on some things that most artists won't want to touch on. Like what? And, um, like the song Anna on the EP, you know, it's basically about, you know, when you're out, of, when you come out of a long relationship, 
there's usually two things that people can do, in my opinion, is one, you can close up and become, you know, isolated and just kind of get it through that way. Or you can go the opposite direction and basically just wild out and kind of, you know, have brief relations and kind of have those crazy nights, you know, and so that song is about that. And then basically finding out that, oh, that's not as much as it's cracked up to be either, you know, because everyone has this opinion, like, I'm single, I'm living the life, you know, (laughs) women, cars, blah, 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 whatever it is. And there's a point that will hit a person when they're, because either way is unbalanced in my opinion, you know what I mean? And I think the unbalanced of it um, is what Anna is about. And it kind of sheds lights on something that I think most pop acts wouldn't, wouldn't dare go about. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. And so, and I think with what I've done and, you know, I've done pop records and stuff, I could be like, Hey, let's try it and see what happens. (laughs) What's the worst (laughs) that people could do? Worst that people say is like, ah, I don't really like it or I love it. That's it. Oh, well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Well, you know, for any musicians uh, listening or watching right now who actually want to pursue a career writing for like songwriting for other people rather than being performing a songwriter themselves, mm-hmm. what would be the number one tip you have for them? Oh, the number one tip. Um, I think don't give up in what you believe. Um, if you know you're a talented writer and you, you have a passion for it, um, there's going to be a point that people are going to tell you that you are not good enough, that you um, aren't in the right place at the right time. You know, in my, in my opinion, the success actually comes when you can withstand and sustain. Because everyone comes to a point when they're like, ah, I just can't sustain anymore. I can't do this. You know, and, and I'm competing with all these people and, you know, when you can break through that, that's when you actually hit that, you'll hit those pivoting points where you're like, oh, this is what I learned. Oh, this is what happens. And I think the second thing is to be extremely open-minded to all genres of music. Yes. Like, like even if it's a dude using extreme amounts of auto-tune to make songs about racks of money, <laughs> you know, I don't knock that because I don't look at, individuals and individual artists as competition. I don't look at other genres. I look at each song as its own establishment. So why I'm not really competing with other artists. I'm not, I'm competing with myself and a listening public, you know? And and so I think that's where musician and writers get kind of, you know, you get that jaded musician where you're like, well, I don't really like what he's doing and I don't really like what they're doing. And it's kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter in the long run. What are you doing with your, outlets what are you doing with the people that want to pay attention to you and i think that's the biggest thing to writers is focus on the out rather than focus on the inside of the industry oh you rock man yeah Yeah. ross and i talk about this a lot in fact didn't you write a you wrote a whole blog post about this didn't you ross about how we should not be in competition with each other but work with each other yeah 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 it was like about uh collaboration rather than competition and um, yeah. and one of one of the things i always say um is promote what you love and ignore what you don't yeah. because i find that too many people uh, especially on social media they're complaining about what other people are doing they they hate what this artist does they hate this artist this isn't fair this is what they're doing and they're successful and i'm not it's like well you're wasting the energy you could be using writing a good song 
complaining about the success that someone else is having, yeah. it kind of just makes you look bad. And it it's also taking you away from, from actually doing something good, something that could benefit someone. Because really, if you're complaining, you're not benefiting anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, what it does is, it, it, is it's putting some negative energy into your process. Yeah. You know, everyone's only given so much energy of the day, you know, well, we use 21 hours of the day. I mean, me and him. Still not enough though. <laughs> you have to up that to 22. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to try it. <laughs> but you know, that's how I see it. And I'm like, man, it, you know, at the end of the day, we're all hustling for something, whatever your goals are, each person is hustling. And I can't knock someone for doing their thing, you know, and I can't, I may not like it in my taste. I may be like, yeah, that's not something I would do. Yeah, exactly. But who am I to be like, that shouldn't be doing this and that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be on the radio or that shouldn't be what people like. Like, you know, I do think there's a responsibility for artists to take responsibility in what they do say and project and mm-hmm. because that does have an effect on people. But am I one to say that you can't make a certain sound or make a certain thing? I don't know. It's not, it's not really my place. I, so hear you. I, I actually love working with people. I love, I love taking obscure people that you would not think would work together and see if they'll work together. Cause at the yeah. end of the day, what I have found is all musicians and artists that are extremely successful, they do all have a similar um, mental strength and, and passion and like they go and go and, and no one's going to tell them um, that they can't achieve something. It may not come back the way that one would expect, but it doesn't mean that they can not achieve something, you know, what they put their mind to. And I think to anybody that's, you know, you can take two artists in different genres and actually work together because that is the common, you know, common trait. You know, it's funny you say that. I've been a, I've been a singer songwriter for many, many years and usually working. So I've worked with a couple of people here and there, but mm-hmm. I've had that strong urge over the, I've told Ross about this. I've had this urge to just collaborate with other people. Um, still do the thing on your own. You know what I mean? I think I need that. And some, but but not just people that you think, you know, people that you wouldn't expect it because then something's going to come out of that that you never would have imagined because if someone has a completely different musical background, mm-hmm. you know, what I have to bring to the table, what they have to bring to the table, that I, th- I actually think that's very exciting, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you don't want to do something that's so, so predictable, you know, well, let's put this pop artist with this pop artist. Well, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's cool. I, I like that, man. I, I like think one, one more thing I think I could add to that, unless your viewers are kind of like, yeah, we're tired of your name talk. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quote, quote, stay, 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 you know, comment, 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 comment. Um, I think th- don't be scared to fail and don't be scared to try something. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know, and you know, me and my, me and my business partner, we have a saying, you know, he's been with me in music since psh, the beginning uh, my friend Byron Martinez, he was in one of the ANRs over Capitol. He's done multiple things, but he's a really good friend and we work every day together. And we have a saying, and as a writer, I think it resonates is it, it's okay to fail if you learn from it, but fail fast. Yeah. Goodness. You know, yeah. understand when it's not working and be like, cool, it didn't work. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, I think as writers, you're like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make this work. And that's actually the failure. You know what I mean? Right. Is that you're like, and you're, and you're wasting time. And, you know, I think that's a big part of you're like, mm, 
it's okay to say it's not working. I like you know, that. I'm using that. Fail fast. Yeah. I'm using that. And and it kind of, you know, you kind of find that thing because it allows you to keep taking risks. If it doesn't take you a long time to get back up, you could keep you could keep taking risks. And that that's what I found at least. Beautiful. <laughs> Are you ready for 20 questions? Oh yeah. Let's do it. All right. Coffee, <laughs> coffee or tea? What are you drinking? Coffee. There you go. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Lots right. yeah. of, uh, meat or veggies? Uh, I am actually, I used to be big into meat and now I do veggies. I was having some stomach issues, so I had to redo my entire diet. Good for you. And it, it, it trips me out because I never understood how much meat colors food, the taste of food, mm. because of the exercise. And so my, uh, my significant other, you know, she taught me how to make all these vegetarian meals. And I've, I have my, my palate of food is just really ex- extenuated. I have nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I'm not one of those people like you should not eat meat. You I'm know? one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> to each his own, to be honest. But yeah. I will tell people that, especially from my family, we came up on meat and potatoes. We're yeah. middle America, you know, corn, meat, potatoes, and mm-hmm. a lot of, um, breads. And I never knew how much the meat covered all that. And so it's kind of like a new um, exploration for me. And that's what I found is so much new foods and ways of preparing it. And so being a vegetarian has kind of like brought that on. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. So more of like a, actually, I learned to eat. I like you even more now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) CD or vinyl? Um, I I love having a a material thing. So I'm going to say vinyl. Twitter or Facebook? Oof. I think my obsession is definitely in Facebook. Mac or PC? Uh, definitely Mac. Um, I've tried using, you know, my, a lot of my friends, my producer friends are getting into Nuendo on PC. Yeah. Because there's so much of this um, online digital syncing where you can basically do sessions from different parts of yeah. the world. I use Cubase, which is just uh, very similar to Nuendo. So there you go. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's beautiful that... But I've gotten so used to the Mac layout of the mm. keys and the keys for yeah. so long yeah. that I hit the keyboard. I'm like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. And your workflow is <laughs> just killed. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You got to, yeah. So yoga or yogurt? Oh, man. Definitely in the PM yogurt. And then I do yoga as much as I can yeah. in the morning to yoga. fight off the, the yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking bad I, or, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, do you want to hear a funny story about yeah, the yoga? Yeah, sure. of course. Okay. Do we have time or are we running Yeah, over? sure, sure. So my, my best friend growing up, who's been with me forever, uh, ended up being a uh, philosophy major and a yoga major. And so he's a yoga instructor professionally. And so I've done it for a really long time with him. But when we went and did LMFAO, you know, they wanted some physical people. So I hired him to travel with us as a yoga instructor. So all of Party Rock at about 9 a.m. every morning, had to get out in the field and do yoga. So imagine people that were still drunk, <laughs> not sleeping. <laughs> I love it. I love to do it. Warrior two pose and then like do it like, you know, that, that was when we were on the Kesha tour. So that was great. So oh, we, we, wow. I, I really pushed the yoga stuff. I think it's good quite, for you. Yeah. yeah. Bra- Breaking Bad or Orange is the New Black? I can't watch anything to do with jail. It just freaks me out. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, I have 
have this weird thing well, of like, like jail. Law well, I don't want I want to give it away, but Breaking Bad doesn't really have that much jail. It's just a lot of crime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Breaking Bad I can do. Oh, okay, but like okay. Orange is the New Black, like anything to do with like that kind of stuff, like yeah. gives me extreme anxiety. I'm like, oh, okay. oh. I don't yeah, know why. It's just, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like I like uh, I like Walking Dead. I think, or do you say Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad, Orange is New Black, but Walking Dead's yeah. good too. Yeah, I like Breaking Bad. I watched all of that. So we're going to shake things up now with Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson. Ooh, I was never a Marilyn Manson fan, to be honest. I I I, I appreciated him during that era. I, mm. I just never resonated with what music they produced. So I guess Celine Dion, because I went and saw Titanic, and you know everybody sings that song at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> indie or major? Um. Uh, label artist or uh, anything just, just in general ge- for the music industry I would say this is going to be sound really good but both because they both you know cultivate a sense that needs to happen you know like mm-hmm. indie is definitely people that are just out there going to do their thing no matter what majors will teach you how to be very poignant and very precise on what you're trying to achieve and then go out to the public in the masses and do it. Mm-hmm. So each has their benefit. Um, I, I'm a big fan when a band can do an indie project and then cross over into a major without having to change too much of what they are and what they're doing. Right. You know, because they have that leverage to basically say, I don't need to change. We, this is a successful project. Just distribute us. Yeah. And then they become Which a major. Is kind of that, the dream. <laughs> it yeah, is the dream, kind of the dream and it's yeah. rare. Um, but I, I don't I don't know. I mean, do ra- majors really exist anymore? I have a lot of meetings with majors all the time. And I'll tell you, you would be surprised that they're looking at the indies like, hey, do they have the next big thing? Yeah. Like, you know, the music industry is in a, in a weird place. It doesn't have that massive cash flow like it used to have. Yeah. And um, but in, in that comes creativity, innovation. You know, somebody's going to come up with an idea and somebody's going to come up with a way of doing music that's going to flood the market again and make mm-hmm. make all make all the money come back. And so in desperation comes greatness, in my opinion. So I think nice. we're in for change. That's actually very true on a personal yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. And speaking so. of greatness, Canada or Scotland? Ooh, I think I loved Scotland when we were there. I was there a little bit. But we spent so much time in Canada, I know it fairly well. Like I took a tour bus constantly through Canada. And uh, I think they're both great. I don't, um, I have to admit, I don't know much about each's history, which I should probably know more. We probably don't, uh, know. We probably don't know that much. We, I, I'm pretty sure in Canada, we learn more about American history than our own history, unfortunately. So. Oh, so you know about more of our history than we know about our <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Hey, so we all Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Oh, Nirvana for sure. Although I did like a few of the Pearl Jam records. I think Nirvana was, you know, I didn't like Nirvana Nirvana as much as a kid, but I love it as as an adult. Yeah. It it resonates with me now. Yeah, definitely. The Voice or American Idol? Or neither? Uh, Hulu? Reruns of of something else? No, yeah. yeah. Um, Seinfeld? (laughs) No, I think it's great. I think both those dudes really encompass taking risks. And that's what keeps you great, in my opinion. Definitely. The Beatles or the Rolling Stones? 
I'm a huge Beatles fan. So much I got tattooed on my arm. There you go. That's why I did this question. I think it was in one of the recent uh, interviews you did. You mentioned that you had Let It Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really weird when I got it uh, because, you know, when you get tattoos, you're supposed to face it the other way so that the person, you, you would show it. So you kind of go like this. Yeah, you know, right, right. You're supposed to be down. And when I got it, you know, it flipped over and he was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I was like, well, I'm getting a tattoo for me. I'm not getting it for right. somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's really just a mantra for me navigating this career is, hey, there's things out of your control, you know, like there's things you're not going to be able to do. So you just got to let it be, take a breath. And I think the Beatles were just like so instrumental in so many musical aspects and, and how they had so little technology in comparison today to make what they made. And I think once again, they just did things with a purpose and, and just said, Hey, this is a good song. Let's put it out. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton with the paragraph. Oh, wow. Actually, when I was five, I went to my first Michael Jackson concert. Oh really? My mom was friends with one of his bodyguards and security guards. Oh my gosh. So for my fifth birthday, you know, um, she got, she got me like front row tickets and like, (laughs) backstage passes to go i didn't get to meet him but um to go see the show so i've always been a jackson fan i'm a kid of the 80s so you have to say michael jackson right um but michael bolton come on the hair you can't exactly the hair (laughs) he's a legend twerk or work Oh, work. i don't don't understand the twerk thing (laughs) (laughs) it's all good so Somebody put a dance and made money, so it's cool, but I don't quite understand it. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Oh, Ricky Gervais, for sure. Whale yeah. or kale? You got to say kale. Okay, oh, kale, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Bette Midler or the Riddler? Uh, probably the Riddler, yeah. And the final question, final keeping one. in mind I am a singer-songwriter as well. <clears throat> <laughs> Ross or Marcio? Bridge the Atlantic, both. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. You can that is back. the correct answer. <laughs> you, you are welcome back on the show. <laughs> I love it. Get, now get you $200. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So where can people find you online? Um, they can go to the usual places, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's all under I am Josh Stevens. Um, you know, if people hit me up, I usually try and hit them back. I like to conversate yeah. with people as much as possible. That's what it's all uh, about. And I, I like hearing new stuff. Um, you know, so if anyone is like, oh, this band's dope. I love it. I, I like to check out. I'm a fan as well, you know, of music. Um, so those are all the outlets. You know, that's the website. Um, Hilltops on iTunes. You can go check that and Spotify. And yeah, it just keeps keep supporting we we appreciate every every bit of love we can get and that's that's it and i appreciate it that's right and we appreciate yeah. you coming on the show man um if you want to check was- out what i'm doing go to marcionavelli.com i'm writing for my second full-length solo album oh. if you want to see what i'm up to i'm at electrickiwi.co.uk and that's co.uk uh <laughs> i'm working on tons of stuff uh blog posts new websites nice. lots of things so uh just uh yeah come and find me Cool, okay. man. Yeah, this has been great. This has been great. Seriously, come back. And I mean that. Yeah, anytime. Anytime you guys want me, let me know. I really love your energy, man. I like uh, what you oh, stand you. for. And uh, 
you know, sometimes, sometimes you feel like, obviously there's a lot of successful people out there. Sorry. There's a lot of, um, very, um, creative and talented people out there that don't see the light of day. But when you get to meet people like yourself who are, who are successful, but you're so down to earth and you know, you, you, it, it makes you happy that, that you've seen success, you know, it makes you happy. Oh, that, thank that, you. Thank you. I appreciate sure. it, man. Yeah. I try and I, try, you know, to be honest, I just, I try and reach back as much as I can to writers and, and give what it is. Cause you know, coming from behind the scenes, there's a different aspect, you know, mm-hmm. there's a difference if you came up and you're the star constantly, yeah. Yeah. you know, like the people behind the scenes are, they work so hard and they have to put in so much work and so much talent. And a lot of times they, they get stepped over and they get kind of like, forgotten you know once the stage and everything is gone or the Mm -hmm. the record is out there you know who wrote that again uh i don't know Mm -hmm. well you know what i mean they don't really know and and for me that's a big part of my my stance is show people respect where respect is due that's it that's right awesome brother definitely all right guys anytime let me know Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.